Good morning once again, everyone. We're glad that you have chosen to worship with us today, so thank you for choosing to do that and being here, whether you're in person or live stream. We're very thankful for that. We are in a new sermon series that we are calling One Another, The Movement of Biblical Community. And so we're going to spend the next couple of months kind of looking at different verses that talk about how we should, um, how we should move toward one another uh, in Scripture. Last week, Pat- Pastor Fletcher uh, kicked that series off and preached on loving one another uh, because Christ had first loved us. That's foundational. Foundational to all the one another commandments is that Christ first loved us and then our response is to love Him and to love others because of that. I recently bought Michelle a new diamond ring. Her engagement ring, uh, a prong on it broke, and the diamond was lost while we were doing our bathroom renovation project. So yes, you're thinking that project cost a little more than you originally planned. That may be true, but I had planned on getting her new rings anyways for our 30th anniversary because when we got married, we had like zero money. And so I wanted her to have better rings. And so uh, our 30th anniversary comes up in a year and a half or so. Um, And so it just came a little earlier. But when she got the new ring, this bigger diamond and with its brilliance and clarity and everything, she keeps looking at it and looking at it like, oh, it's so beautiful. I love it. And she's delighted in it, which makes me happy too. And of course, she looks at it in the light and looks at it from different angles and sees its beauty and the sparkle in it and and I tell you that because um, I think one anothering is kind of like looking at a diamond. The point is that Christ is the diamond. And when you look to Christ from different angles, you see light refracted through and go, oh, this is what it looks like for Christ to love me. And this is what it looks like when that love gets extended to one another. And so that's what we're going to do through the next couple of months. We're going to look at that diamond in different ways and see how that light gets refracted to see how it shapes us. And this week, the particular angle that we're looking at, the particular brilliance, the particular sparkle that we want to see is to honor one another. Let me pray. Father, I pray today that you will help us to see your beauty and your glory. And because of having that, That we will then use that to live in such a way that we sparkle, that we honor one another. Would your light shine through us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read to you three different verses this morning uh, from three different passages. One's from Peter and two from Paul. The first one is 1 Peter 2.17. Here's what it says. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Then in Romans chapter 13, verse 7, Paul talking about authorities again, he says this, Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And then in chapter 12, kind of working backwards in verse 10, he says this, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So Christian, you are commanded in Scripture to join the movement of honoring one another. 
And whom are we to honor as we think about that? Well, in those verses that we just read, we see lots of different answers to that. Well, we're to honor everyone. We're to honor the emperor. We're to honor those who are deserving and and we should owe honor to. We're to honor um, the brotherhood of believers, the family of God, fellow Christians. And so that honor isn't reserved for a certain group of people. It's to be honoring to everyone as Christians. And what is honor exactly? When you look up that word and look at the way that it is used, it is sometimes translated as price or precious. And the whole point of that, of course, means that honor then shows value. That honoring is attributing value or worth to someone else. And so we ask a question then, okay, so if we are to honor, that means we have to assign worth or value to someone. In in what ways might we honor? For what reasons might we honor someone? And I am pretty sure that you and I, if we were to brainstorm right now and I were to have you write them all down, you could come up with a long list of reasons why we might honor someone. I'm just going to suggest to you three uh, for right now. I think we honor, uh, we can honor someone for diff- three, these three different reasons at least. First, we can honor because of performance. So uh, my daughter graduated this weekend officially from James Madison University and today we leave to go out to her final ceremony, which is the only one that's in person. And um, she graduated with honors, magna cum laude. And so I'm really happy for that and excited about that. But she was recognized, right? Thank you. She was recognized for her performance, right? Honored for her performance. We see this uh, distinguished military service, right? And having honors in that. We see it in other ways. And certainly... Paul, in his view and writing, soldiers in Rome were honored and recognized for their service too. So certainly part of this honoring is a way you can honor for for areas of performance, which is good and true and right and should be done. But another way that you can honor someone is you can honor because of their position. So Peter says, honor the emperor. Paul says to honor the governing authorities, right? And And notice then that you're to honor them even if you disagree with their actions. You're still supposed to give them honor because of the position they hold. So you might not like their performance, but the position, they're saying, is something that should be honored. And even if you're thinking, well, I don't know about maybe performance and position, you can still, third way, honor people because of their personhood. Paul says in Romans 12, 10, that last verse we read, right, right there, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. When he says that, he is telling Christians to cut against the grain of what happens in society. Because in the society of the day, the way honor happened was those who were superior were honored. Those who were inferior were not. They were of low position, low status. It didn't matter. They weren't honored. The people that were honored had position. They had performance, they had prestige, they had power. Those were the ones that were honored. And Paul is saying, outdo one another in showing honor, and he's showing it to everybody. So Christians are to undercut that current by saying, no, we we honor everybody, and we can at least do that because of their very personhood. That is to say that we can honor them because they are people and have dignity being made in the image of God. They have intrinsic value. And that's true of every single human being on the planet. And so we must honor at least for the very personhood 
of our friends, of our neighbors, of our family members, of those whom we disagree with. And furthermore, Paul and Peter, in doing this, these are commands. These are not good ideas or minor suggestions to improvement. These are commands, things you must do. As a Christian, this is something you must do. This is a command. You're like, oh, I don't know, this feels a little pushy. Okay, we'll take that up with Paul and Peter. They're saying, look, if you've seen the diamond, you begin to refract the light of honor in your life. Why is that so important? That's important because if we don't learn to respect authority and submit to it, then we will live in chaos where everybody does whatever they want and there will be no order and no authority and no honor. How will you honor God's authority if you cannot honor one another? You'll only learn to rebel and to not love those you disagree with. So this idea of honoring, I think, is vitally important because it's the heartbeat, going back to that foundation that Brian talked about last week, if you love one another, then one of the actions of that is you will honor one another. And so let's look at a few ways today, a few areas in which we can display honor. One of those is honor in the family, and this is most obvious because today's Mother's Day, and the fifth commandment tells us to honor your father and mother. You may have heard the tale of the grandfather and grandson from uh, the Brothers Grimm. It reads this way. Once upon a time, there was a very, very old man. His eyes had grown dim, his ears deaf, and his knees shook. When he sat at the table, he could scarcely hold a spoon. He spilled soup on the tablecloth and on himself and all over. And besides that, some of his soup would run back out of his mouth and he would drool. His son and his son's wife were disgusted with this, so they made the old grandfather sit in the corner behind the stove out of the way where they gave him his food in an earthenware bowl and not enough food at that. He sat there looking sadly at the table. His eyes grew moist. One day his shaking hands could not hold the bowl and it fell and broke. The young woman scolded him, but he said not a word. He only sobbed. Then for a few hellers, I had to look up that word. Its meaning is a coin of low value. Remember, honor valuing something for a few hellers they bought him a wooden trough to eat from one day the grandson of four years old pushed some pieces of wood together on the floor and his father Solomon said what are you making oh I'm making a little trough for you and mother to eat from when I'm big the boy said the man and the woman began to cry they immediately brought the old grandfather to the table and always let him sit there from then on. And if he spilled a little, they did not say anything. Right? And that's honor, having to be learned from a child. I suspect for many of you, you had and have fantastic parents. And it's easy to show honor. And uh, you want to do so. So please continue to do so. And for some of you young kids, you may be thinking, I don't know. I'm not convinced of that. It's hard for me to honor my parents. And for some of you still, your parents may have been cruel 
or abusive or absent or alcoholic, and it's not easy for you to honor. Mother's Day isn't always an easy day for people. There's experiences of loss and grief and sorrow. And while you may struggle with thinking, how do I honor my mother or my father on this day? Especially if they were cruel or abusive. You think, well, their performance doesn't deserve it. They're not owed honor. And that may be true. Their performance may not deserve it. And you may say, well, but their position does, right? Because they are still parents. They are still the ones put in authority over you. And you should honor them for that. But some of you may still say, but mine didn't because they abandoned me. They weren't even in their position. I'm sorry. Because that hurts. And yet, I think we can still say, but your mom, your dad is a person. And you have to figure out how do you honor them in their personhood. Honor is not the same thing as obeying. Right? The scriptures tell children, children, obey your parents in the Lord. So when they tell you to do something that is not sinful, that is what the Lord would command, you have to obey them. You also have to honor them. But honor is different from obeying. Obeying is the action of doing what they tell you to do when they tell you to do it. Honor is doing that with the right attitude, saying, okay, I will value my parents in this. And when you're grown and you're no longer a child, you're still to honor your parents. So what does that look like? Well, remember, it's not the same thing as obey. And I think honor also, we have to remember, means not retaliating, right? You may want to strike back in the same way your parents did something to you. No. Honor is not retaliatory. It is not treating them the way that they treated you. Honoring with dignity is to honor them with the dignity in which God treats you with dignity. That's honoring their very personhood, being made in the image of God. And you may be thinking, but how can I honor them? And, how, and a good question, how do you honor someone without approving of their sin or enabling abusive conditions? Because that's not healthy, it's not good, it's not right, it's not true, it's not noble, it's sinful. And boy, that's a, an area that we could explore a lot, that we don't have a lot of time to explore today. But it, I would suggest it might sound something like this. Mom, you gave me life and I am forever connected to you and grateful. When you expect me to do fill in the blank or treat me fill in the blank ways that are hurtful and sinful, it actually is very hurtful to me. But because I honor you, I cannot keep doing that. And I want you to know I love you. That's still a way to show honor without enabling abusive behavior and sinful patterns. It's not easy, but it's one of the things we're called to do as Christians is to figure out how do we show honor. Let's think about a little bit now honor in society um, because I think honor in society is something that is desperately lacking in our country, in our community even. Right? I mean, this is, this is a, I think, a, a profoundly huge problem. Um, we are told in Scripture, and, and the ones that, some of the verses that we read, that we are to honor our governing authorities. 
And you might be like, but they don't deserve it. And that might be true, right? And, but what we're talking about is their performance. And you think, okay, they didn't perform right, their policy was bad, or they're corrupt, or whatever it is you want to say. Okay? And maybe you say that. But they're still to be honored for their position. Remember, Peter and Paul wrote the verses that we read. Both of them instructing us to honor the authorities. Both of them executed by the authorities. Right? They weren't saying, hey, I really like this emperor. He's quite a good guy. You should honor him. They're like, I might well die at the hands of this emperor. Honor the emperor. Wow. Like, what? I think we can take that further, thinking about society. And I think one thing we need to be able to do is honor the police. Boy, I know, don't, don't turn your ears off yet. Just hang with me. Right? Your, your police officers, they risk a lot. They risk their lives every day to go out, right? And try to protect and, uh, the people. And remember, what they are doing, they are doing because they are instructed to do by the elected leaders. The mayors, the sheriffs, the governors, right? They're carrying out the mandates that they've been instructed to do. All right. Now, that doesn't mean, I'm not saying that every police officer is a good one, nor am I saying that they're all bad ones. I'm thankful for, for the justice that was done in Minnesota with the officer who killed George Floyd. Like, I think that was a horrible thing. And so officers have to be held accountable, yes. But you don't just then say, well, there's no honor for those in policing. No, there's absolutely honor. If we don't honor those who are in authority... Who else don't we honor? Kids, do you need to honor your teachers then? No, actually, teachers will tell you it's a huge problem in our schools today is that kids don't honor teachers. And teachers can't really enforce it. Right? And so you have this disintegration of honor. We must honor the law. Lady Liberty is blind with the scales of justice to treat all people, regardless of their religion, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of anything, right? To treat them all equally under the law. And so we need to honor the law and then make sure that people actually get treated that way under the law and not mistreated. Right? That's a problem too. And so if we're not going to say law is important and honor it, then we will have people continue to be mistreated uh, in society. What about you as an employee? Do you honor your managers, your bosses? Right? I mean, is, is, it, is the scuttlebutt around the office like, oh, I can't believe what this person did or that person did. That's terrible. Horrible. Maybe their performance was horrible. But what about that they're the manager? And if that's the environment you create around the office, the culture that you're shaping, is it showing honor? Right? And if that's what you're doing there, then you're telling your kids to honor you. Like, come on. Or you're telling your kids at school to honor their teacher, but the teacher can't get them to do what they're supposed to do because you're not teaching them to honor others. Right? You see what happens here, right? When we, when we don't value other people well, then we begin to demean them, to disrespect them, to dishonor them, and it fragments society and society breaks down. I think we have a huge problem with honor. 
What about on social media? How do you honor people on social media? Wow. I mean, right? Like, you can certainly have an opinion. You can certainly say things in truth. But how do you go about doing that and engaging in that? Do you do so in such a way that communicates honor with others? Or is it demeaning? If we don't recover a sense of honoring others in society, the escalation of violence will continue. And I think what real love looks like is that when you disagree with somebody, you still figure out how do you show honor. It doesn't mean you have to agree. You can certainly disagree. But you can do so with honor, with kindness and respect. Let's think of one more realm today. So we talked about honor in the family, honor in society. Let's talk about honor in the body of Christ, in the church, among Christians. We are a family. You and I, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we are blood-related through the blood of Jesus. It is a bond that is so strong that it cannot be broken. Because even if you and I end up getting in a fight and absolutely hating one another, guess what? We've got to live for eternity together in heaven. Because that bond is not being broken. Because it's not our blood, it's Christ's blood that unites us. And it's his gospel that redeems us and changes us. When you disagree with one another, honor one another. Value each other by still befriending them, not by shunning, shaming, and pushing away. Still walk together in relationships and life together. You and I desperately need people that are different than us. Like, we, we need it bad. I need people who are different me, from me that have different perspectives on politics. Um, I need my wife because she has a different perspective that she sees things differently as a woman than I do as a man, and I desperately need that. We need people who are different than us in our theology even to challenge us in different ways to make us think about that. We need people who are different than us in, um, in the way that we, we uh, live in society and work and the way that we raise kids because it makes us have to think it always makes us go, okay, let's go back to Scripture and see what Scripture says. And it challenges us then for those whom we disagree with or we have blind spots that we didn't even know we were aware of, it enlightens us and helps us to honor one another better when we are able to live with others whom with which we disagree. St. Augustine, living in the 300, said to the Christians, he said, look, in the essentials, Unity. That is the core of the gospel, right? You must have unity in that. That's what binds us together. Christ's life, death, resurrection, salvation by faith alone in Christ alone. Those kinds of things, right? Those unite us together, right? And in the non-essentials, liberty. There may be areas we disagree on, and there are freedom areas where we're allowed to disagree. But we, but we still have freedom there. And in all things, charity, Right? Even if somebody has done something terribly wrong, we're to act with charitableness, with love, with kindness, seeking forgiveness, offering forgiveness, apologizing, repenting, because that is what honors Christ. 
I want you to see one more Bible verse here. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 21 to 26. It says this, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Paul's writing to the Christians in Corinth. Remember, that's a church divided. The very beginning of the book is like, they are at each other's throats, disagreeing over who to follow, suing one another. It's a dumpster fire. And he says, look, you are one body. Honor one another. When another needs help, value them by showing up. Bring them a meal. Pray for them. Serve in the nursery. When little ones need value and honor, when their parents need to get back to church and they're like, we can't wait, but we need help with our kids. As we open back up and get things into full swing, honor one another by helping as you're able to as, we, as things open back up. And as the governor, we anticipate, the governor said he's going to lift the orders in mid-June. In mid-June. And so that, how do we get back then to what we need to be doing? Well, part of that is we need you. We are a volunteer organization. Honor one another in it. Our society desperately needs people who can honor and value others even when they disagree. And if you can't do that in the church, then what hope do we have for our society? Right? And if you can't befriend somebody who's on the opposite side of the political aisle as you here, then how can you do that in the society? If you can't love somebody who's hurt or offended you, who you are united to by faith in Christ through His blood, how can you do that with your neighbor down the street? If you can't honor others when they disagree, do you really understand? Do you really understand the way that Jesus has honored you. He has adopted you into His family. Crowned you with righteousness. We'll make sure that you are seated in heaven. Why? Because you deserve it. No! Your performance stunk! He honored you because He loved you. That's why you were honored by Christ. If you've been honored like that by the diamond, shouldn't your life sparkle with honor toward one another? Dilip Joseph is a doctor who trained healthcare workers in Afghanistan. On his 10th trip to Afghanistan, which was in 2012, he was surrounded by Taliban forces and taken hostage. In an interview, he talked about how forsaken he felt and how lonely it was until one night he began to hear gunshots ring out. It was a SEAL team that had been sent to rescue him. In the rescue, one of the SEAL team members was killed, giving his life, and posthumously awarded the Navy Cross a high honor. His citation honoring him reads this. 
Realizing the Taliban guards had been alerted and the hostage's life was in imminent danger, Chief Petty Officer Check unhesitatingly sprinted to the door and made entry. His bravery and unhesitant commitment in pursuit of the target was pivotal in saving the American hostage. And in an interview afterwards, Dr. Joseph says that it's hard to live with the knowledge that somebody else died so that you can live. And then he said this, the best you can do is to honor him through your life. And that is exactly what I intend to do. How will you honor Jesus with your life since he gave his life for you? How will you create a movement restoring honor in your family, in our society, and in the church? Will you sparkle with honor? The key to doing that is not just looking out there to see what it is but looking to the face of Christ and see him and his honor for you. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you will help us to honor one another, to truly love one another in honoring well, to assign value because it's what you've done to us. And Lord, I pray for those who have difficulty doing this, which is truly all of us if we're honest with ourselves. I pray for those who it's difficult in their families today, that you will help them to show honor. I pray for those who it's difficult in the church or in society to show honor. Will you help us to do it well? Jesus, will you touch us and show us how much you've honored us? Help us to rejoice in that and let our light shine for you. We ask in your name. Amen.